Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, Creator discusses the reincarnation of a medieval couple. Uh, you know, medieval Europe was an interesting time and place, and not necessarily a pleasant one, Carl. That was the time of the uh, the Inquisition against the Cathars, and there was all kinds of nastiness going on at that time period. Time in history, and not so great a time for religion either. There were a lot of dark things done in God's name, and, um, and it's not a pretty picture But the interesting thing we want to bring forward is the evidence that people who were alive then may well be back again in a new reincarnation, because that's the paradigm going on. And this has been reported and documented about particular individuals, and we're going to talk about that. Today is an example of some of the crazy phenomena we talk about with Get Wisdom. We didn't invent the idea of God. But defending paranormal phenomena, the idea of ghosts and there being an afterlife and that we reincarnate, many people disallow from a religious perspective. And so it it's useful to have other people weighing in with documented evidence that supports those ideas. Absolutely. And uh, I think this is a particularly fascinating story, so we'll get right into it. Arthur Geardham was an English physician and psychiatrist who researched and wrote about past life memories and reincarnation. In the course of his investigations, he became acquainted with a Mrs. Smith, who, as a 12-year-old girl, had written down copious memories of a past life as a young Cather girl who had fallen in love and left home with a much older Catholic cleric named Roger. Mrs. Smith identified the author, Arthur Geardham, as Roger, her lover and mentor from that past life she remembered so well. Was there a divine mission involved for both of them in collaborating to bring this compelling and extremely detailed medieval story of love and tragedy, as well as the reality of reincarnation, to modern humanity's attention? All right, and this is the answer I channeled from creator of all that is. This is an accurate account and retelling of ancient history that was truly lived through by this woman and her great love at the time of that ancient life, who was also reincarnated on the earth to be a contemporary. So each would have the most recent life and run into one another and develop an inner awareness that was shared of what took place long, long ago. This was a divine mission to have this recognition and a retelling that would reach the eyes and ears of many other people, because this is an important topic to bring up, to reinstill an awareness and help to cultivate a belief in the phenomenon of reincarnation. Not only is it the way things work, the reality of what one has gone through in the past looms large in every new incarnation if it led to traumatic events and has been unhealed. The universe is designed this way to never escape the consequences of misfortune whether caused by the self or experienced as a victim, 
you have a duty to your soul to clean up your own mess. And if that is not attended to during the lifetime, the consequences will circle back through the law of karma to drag you down in the future. This woman indeed was haunted by that past life. And having re-encountered the man she was with when things fell apart and her life ended in tragedy, was able to relay a compelling story of karma and its consequences to remind people of this reality and inspire them to look further and ask the question about their own life. What might they have as a legacy that is influencing them and perhaps harming and holding them back still? from prior lifetimes lived, where there was trauma from loss, failure, and victimization. Well, we seem to see a recurring theme with these stories that we're exploring, Carl, and and that is that it seems like when, especially if it's a Western person that has very, very detailed of past life memories as a child, in this case, an even older child, she was around 12, that that seems to be a divine mission under underway, and that the fact that they're getting these profound memories is probably being assisted by the divine realm. Yes, and that's that's how they work. They inspire, they encourage, they offer ideas to consider that people might well embrace and then become heroic in carrying out something that's greatly needed because they get that assist from the divine, that they're on the right track, they're thinking along the right lines, and there's more to get from this, and and it's important, and that reinforcement can make all the difference. If you think about it, this is what people want from God. They want to be supported. They want to be helped. They want yeah. to have have someone in their corner working with them, and, and so there's nothing better than having a collaboration, and on a divine mission, what could be better than doing something truly important for the world? And and this is critically important to know about. It's not just a curiosity. Right. Ancient history that doesn't matter any longer. It matters greatly in how you live your life and what's going to happen to you. And the need for healing comes from this phenomenon. Most Absolutely. of illness. It's paramount, paramount. You ask, Creator, unlike other cases of childhood reincarnation memories, Mrs. Smith was 12 and 13 when she received an intensive uprush of memories via dreams and visions that was extraordinary in its vividness and detail. So much so, in fact, that often her notes were written in medieval French in the distinct dialect of the southern region of France at the time of the Crusades. This was the period when Pope Innocent III called for the conversion or destruction of the Cathar heretics whose stronghold was southern France. Can Creator share with us what precipitated this uprush of memory when Mrs. Smith was a young teenager? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. This is a much more common occurrence than is recognized by society as a whole, but it is unusual, numerically speaking, because for most individuals, past life memories are not recalled consciously It is a closed book as far as the workings of their mind is concerned. That is why many have explored the use of deep trance hypnotic regression as an adjunct to help connect to deeply buried memories that are reachable through a part of the mind that can survey the repository of knowledge about all that happens, known as the Akashic Records. For many who have such hypnotic sessions, they will be able to recall at least fragments of information from other lifetimes. 
And this is particularly so when a life involved great loss, pain, and suffering. That elevates the experience to be one of greater meaning because an energetic signature will be attached that is sort of like a fire alarm going off. When the deep part of the mind looks at the Akashic records of where they've been and what they have done, those events will stand out. They will be recalled, reviewed, and worried about, and sometimes obsessively so. In this woman's case, the memory was resurrected not only because of its importance and direct concern by her deep subconscious as an unhealed trauma, it was pre-planned before she reincarnated to meet up with her former great love, now the doctor she sought help from about her quandary and having these dark memories intrude on her life in order to tell her story and help with a divine mission to raise awareness about the phenomena involved and the deeper meaning for human well-being and the need for healing. So this uprush of memories was facilitated by the woman's higher self to be a catalyst for the divine mission to commence. It remained with her as a source of consternation and anguish because the memories were vivid and some ghastly because of her tragic death and caused her to seek help as part of the orchestration to plant the suggestion within her mind she do so and help to guide her to the very party who had shared the experience with her in that lifetime as a witness and collaborator in having a love relationship. So we see Creator actually expanding um, <laughs> on the comment I had just previously about how the divine was actually assisting her. In this case, Creator saying it was her higher self that was actually being the catalyst to uh, to get those visions to where she could recall them at the age of 12. Well, and the higher self has that governance, if you will. It's a, it's a higher level of our being than we are in the physical it's an extension of the soul. It's kind of the intermediary between us and our soul. But it has the sovereign responsibility to oversee our lives and assist us. And creator must go to the higher self by the way things are designed for permission to intrude or do anything on our behalf. So this, this is part of our freedom, our part of our free will and free agency, that we and our higher self and our soul are a unique entity, even as an extension of creator, to have rights and privileges and sovereignty. And so that's kind of the, uh, the chain of command, if you will. Gotcha. You know, another thing that creator pointed out here, it's, it's really the first time that I recall creator giving a solid plug for... Uh, for past life regression hypnosis, you know, past life regression hypnosis kind of gotten a bad rap <laughs> recently, and uh, but your creator is essentially endorsing it as a as a viable means for exploring this phenomena. Well, it's certainly a valid phenomenon. It is a process that works. I've done it myself. I'm a board certified consulting hypnotist and have done some work along those lines more about current life issues than past life recollections but i've helped people look at their past lives and i've had it done on myself and i know that it can be useful as a tool to uncover information 
the difficulty is it doesn't heal anything to just go and look. Right. You must know something more about how to heal to bring that about. And I think that's where it's seen as maybe less promising than people hope. You have to know about healing and its workings to use a tool like that most effectively. Sure. U.S. creator, Mrs. Smith revealed that the cause of her death in that life was immolation or death by burning. <laughs> That's a fancy word for that. She was burned at the stake, along with many others at the time, for the crime of heresy against the Catholic Church. She described the pain as maddening, but lasting only a few minutes. To her surprise at the time, and to most people almost certainly, she described becoming cold and likened her demise to freezing to death. Death by fire is widely regarded as one of the worst deaths one could ever experience. What is Creator's perspective, and how much of a problem does a past life death by fire present for one in a later incarnation? All right, and this is what Creator says. We can tell you with authority that this woman's experience was not the majority of cases of people who burned to death. She was spared the greatest intensity of suffering through divine grace. And it was owing to her strong belief in the divine and the righteousness of her cause and being unfairly singled out for punishment as a heretic and the illogical reasoning for such victimization, given the strength and purity of her divine alignment based on her strong belief in God. That is what allowed us to partially shield her from the physical trauma during the execution. And that is why she gave the description of it being more like intense cold than heat and severe pain most associate with burns. Well, this was the divine mission to recall the circumstances of her persecution as a living witness to a past atrocity and be a testament for the reality of having lived before. The mechanism for this to be done in a straightforward way was because it was coupling to normal human mind characteristics to recognize past trauma events and worry about them, and for this to be a stimulus to seek healing in the current lifetime. That is a universal mechanism and a reason why people have many maladies but do not know through lack of education. Their origin is likely from past trauma. And getting to the bottom of it and providing a true healing is the path to the resolution, even of physical maladies, as well as emotional conflicts that will be experienced as anxiety or perhaps depression, usually without conscious awareness of the events in question. So that was what was exceptional in this woman's case, that she was privy to the time and place, events underlying her disquiet and why she could not escape this ongoing torment by recalling it again and again. Most people lack the clues to pinpoint evidence of the origin, but would need help of someone who can be an advocate for divine assistance to sort things out and give them some higher awareness to explain things. You know, I was, I was actually surprised, you know, by this answer. Um, you know, the, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because we know that there's divine intervention to prevent accidents or even mitigate, you know, the damage that can be done where people get into an accident and walk out of a car completely unscathed, yet the car looks like, you know, looks like it's been crumpled up, you know, into a half its size. Uh, but in this case, there was divine intervention to prevent the greatest extent of suffering. And I don't know why I should have been surprised by that, but I was. It was interesting. 
Well, this is the power of prayer. The, it can be quite real, but it's case specific. Yes, yes, I, w- I would agree. Um, but yes, exactly. And, and I think this is a very good, powerful example that you never know where prayer will be most helpful. I mean, she probably had no clue at the time that she was going through it that the prayers that she had said for most of her life added up to intervene and give her an exit that was, wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. Um, and I think that's an important thing that people need to remember is that, you know, you're buying an insurance policy when you're praying, essentially. You know, you hope to never need it, but thank God it's there. Thank God, right? Thank God it's there when you do need it, Carl. Uh, Mrs. Smith, in a letter to the author, wrote, I've been trying to cope with this business for 20 years. I've never been able to get rid of it, and you'd be surprised at the measures I've taken. I've never tried to force recollections. On the contrary, if I ever have forced myself to do anything, it has been to try to forget, and the forcing did no good because I couldn't forget. Do the means of her death contribute to her helplessness in suppressing these memories? What was the number one reason that she was forced to live through this life twice, essentially? This was a form of helpless, was this a form of helpless post-traumatic stress disorder stemming directly from that time period? All right, and Creator says, all the above speculations apply, at least in part. This was recalled and used as an example to fulfill her divine mission precisely because it was a horrific experience that left deep wounds that were not healed during that life of tragedy. She died, leaving the scars on her Akashic records, and that will stand for all of time until it is rebalanced in some way that affects the healing to change the energetic signature. That is the point of it, to be a future reminder of unfinished business and the obligation to the soul to set things right, to bring it back into balance. Otherwise, one is living under a cloud because the law of karma will often force a revisiting to similar circumstances with the intention to give people an opportunity to work on and prevent them again from happening. Doing healing of these consequences and similar events from prior lives as well is an ideal outcome rarely achieved in today's world, except by those able to do deep trauma resolution work. And those are few and far between because most therapy is directed at the conscious mind level, which is largely in the dark about the life history, what is truly happening, and why a person struggles. So much of the effort and focus will be off target and largely beside the point. It might give some temporary reassurance and upliftment to be receiving the attention of a professional that is well-meaning, but it will not be capable of healing deep trauma. Well, it- you know, this is another fascinating, um, fascinating response from Creator. Um, I like this, the point that uh, what you're really getting at here is trying to change the energetic signature. You know, trauma, trauma is a turbulence of emotion, and that it carries over life after life. And I guess the, the real emphasis is trying to calm out that turbulence. You know, it's change the energetic signature, neutralize the tr- the intensity that's there, Carl. Well, and when the conscious mind has no clue about why the deeper part of the mind is struggling and the body is getting a stress reaction, then you're, you're stuck. And no amount of psychotherapy is going to help with that deep problem. It might help you in coping from the fallout of being chronically anxious or depressed. But that's not the same as curing the underlying problem itself. And, and that requires deeper divine help 
But the mechanism has to be understood and accepted by the mainstream for people right. to be offered such services. And those services are the health worker, the light worker healing protocol. You can check out our healing services at getwisdom.com at the, uh, the healing tab of our main menu, getwisdom.com. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creator is sharing with us about the reincarnation of a medieval couple. Uh, this is a fascinating story. And, you know, a thought that comes to mind is that a lot of you know, a lot of people, if you mention reincarnation to them, will say, oh, I, I'm not worried about, even if it's real, I'm not worried about that. I need to focus on this life. And there's truth to that. We don't want to deny that. But we're learning through these explorations, Carl, that uh, the past really impinges heavily on the present. And that's worth sorting out. Yeah, what what's going on is that about 94% of physical illness is caused by prior trauma. And 80% of that trauma is things from prior lifetimes. So the majority of our suffering originates on other timelines, other lives that we are living and in parallel. And that means that they're going on simultaneously, which is a weird metaphysical reality that is beyond our time to delve into, but but this is why it can be fresh and raw and experienced as something compelling when reviewed by our deep subconscious mind. It, it doesn't discriminate the past from the present. It knows it's there doing something awful and it worries it's gonna happen in the current yeah. reality it's witnessing and, and there you go. And it starts a stress reaction that becomes chronic and can worsen and so on. At, you know, you talk about deep subconscious, but real quick, I just wanted to, to mention something. You know, my, uh, my daughter has a complex relationship with our dog. And we learned from Creator that that's because of a past life where she was cruel to the dog. But the dog 
being kind of like the deep subconscious in terms of, you know, it's, it's a reactionary being doesn't have a time distinction. You know, it feels the threat from that past life as if it's happening right now. So there's kind of a clue to the timelessness of this thing going on. Yes, and we'll hear more from uh, the, the, this book in describing this woman's struggle. Yep. Arthur Gidham wrote, she, Mrs. Smith, said that if she started remembering too much, she ran a high temperature and developed a severe headache. I do not know about the high temperature, but the headache is interesting and perfectly in order. A proportion of cases of migraine are attributable to the psychic factors. What can Crayer tell us about this? All right. This is the answer. It is certainly the case many times that stress in any form will have somatic consequences through disrupting things in the body. And this may well translate into inner tension, tightness, to produce physical symptoms of many kinds. Changes in blood flow alone can produce physical symptoms, as is true of headaches, and be triggered by subconscious, let alone conscious awareness of difficulty. So here again is a physical demonstration of the consequence of karma that the woman had terrible times, although centuries ago in another lifetime, and having recalled it and begun worrying about it, it was taking a toll on her body from the stress reaction being triggered by the deep subconscious in this case. This was unknown to this author as a still undiscovered level of the mind, but what matters is she was indeed symptomatic because of psychic factors, as the author concludes. There was an inner disquiet because of inner fear in recalling her prior dark fate and worrying that it might indeed come again. The deep subconscious is unable to have the same mature perspective and dispassionate intellectual discrimination of the conscious self. It is more like an inner child, very reactionary and emotional, because it is linked directly to the body and the emotion generation mechanisms, as that is the only way it has to communicate with the higher levels of the mind directly in most cases, by far. Hers, as we pointed out, was an exception in getting a conscious awareness of the past life origin of frequent concern that became disruptive and haunting her again and again. But, without, but with or without that conscious awareness, the body would cry out. And that is true for all human beings at one time or another and some on a constant basis, because they have no understanding of what is going on or a means to fix it. That requires deep divine healing to neutralize the negativity and resolve the dilemma that will remain indefinitely until healing is achieved. Well, this is interesting, again, because she's having the memories, but she's actually having conscious memories. She's able to actually, you know, write down what she's remembering. And the stress of those memories is obviously having a somatic effect on the body and causing some of these problems, the headaches and so on. But I think Greer is also saying here that even without the conscious recollection, the subconscious is remembering all this stuff. And because it's emotionally connected to the body itself, it can cause those same somatic problems. So your migraine headache might be being caused by a past life that you're not consciously aware of, Carl. Yes, and this is garden variety stuff. As, as I was saying earlier, 94% of physical illnesses, and there's a lot of emotional problems as well that are linked to prior trauma, but consciously the mind doesn't make the link. 
and yeah. even if it's the current life. And this isn't taught, it isn't studied, it isn't appreciated by the psychologists, by and large. And, and so there's a huge learning curve needing to take place, and especially the more esoteric things involving reincarnation and past life influences. We're miles away from getting there and having an, any kind of understanding on a, on a wide scale. So this is the mission of Get Wisdom, to bring forth other examples to help teach the lessons. Absolutely. Arthur Guillermo wrote, certainly Catharism must have largely spread by example and emanation, but this is not really the whole story. How did it come that a creed that which seems to many modern students to have been austere and pessimistic spread with such rapidity? One factor is, I think, consistently overlooked. In the Middle Ages, people were dominated by the fear of hell. Catharism, to some extent, dissipated this fear. If this world is the worst hell one has to put up with, it must have been, even at its lowest, vastly preferable to the perpetual damnation of the Orthodox Christians of the epoch. What can Crater tell us about the rapid spread and popularity of Catharism? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. This was the cultural emergence of a deep inner yearning for oneness with the divine. It was divinely inspired, in fact, to help accomplish that to help move forward the dialogue and trigger a reconsideration of time-honored and deeply held beliefs that had become carved in stone through centuries of obedience to the scriptures and the narrow interpretation of existing clerics who embraced certain messages more than others and became quite heavy-handed in dispensing stern lectures and damning indictments for conduct considered sinful and painting a quite dark picture of the fate of individuals who stray and may have no way out. This is contrary to divine thinking, because we are always understanding and forgiving. What needs to happen mostly is for people to forgive themselves. We cannot save them if they have concluded they are condemned. That is the power of the church to cause damage that is irreversible. When they make a pronouncement and a decree that people are damned by their sinful conduct, they are becoming judge, jury, and executioner personally, and as well, taking on the karmic consequences of harming all those they preach to and branding them as unforgivable and doomed. This is encouraged through inner corruption to be the case, and that is why many clerics through the ages have tilted towards a more conservative and harsh dispensation of rulings and judgments about parishioners and supplicants desiring absolution and divine healing and assistance to give them some hope in turning their lives around, but instead are met with condemnation and exhortations to confess their sins and so forth. But not all will accept the church has fixed them because their belief in the divine is shaky, and they still feel unworthy. And this, in fact, condemns them through their own choice of thoughts. Even though the ideas were implanted in them by religious dogma, they have free will choice to follow faulty thinking and judgmental distortions of divine intention, and thus harm themselves. And we are powerless to stop them. When people are exposed to teachings that put into better balance the reality of personal responsibility as the main driver of things that happen, with God having a supporting role, 
in a loving manner and not a harsh overseer looking for reasons to judge and condemn them, that will resonate because it is divine wisdom on display. And if that breath of fresh air, a new potential branch of religion brings forth, threatens the established order of conventional religious thinking, there will likely be a backlash to condemn the presumed heretics. And that is what happened during this period in history when this woman lived with her partner and both were condemned for their enlightened perspectives simply because they were a departure from conventional thinking, not because they were wrong. So this was a double tragedy that deserves close study because it illustrates the truth of the divine being more lofty than given credit for by parts of the scriptures and religious dogma, the institutions still preaching today. Well, creator says, you know, we are powerless to stop them talking about people adopting beliefs of their own uh, lack of worthiness of their own or, or being doomed. You know, if it, what, what dooms you is your own belief in your own doom. You know, it's not creator's not going to doom you, but you can doom yourself. And if you do, Creator is powerless to stop you. That's a pretty sobering thing to understand, Carl. Well, that is a, a very frank and you know blunt revelation about the true meaning of free agency and free will. Yes. We're so free, we can destroy ourselves, and even God can't step in and prevent it unless God is invited to the party, so to speak. And, right. and that's, that's our choice. And we'll live with the consequences one way or the other. And this is why the world is in such a mess. So many people have drifted away from belief in the divine. The divine has become less and less able to influence things. It is still a force to be reckoned with, but it could be much stronger. The world could be entirely changed overnight if everyone suddenly asked for that to happen right. and believed yes. it's possible. We, we've heard this multiple times, and we'll hear it yes. some more, I'm sure. <laughs> U.S. creator Arthur Girdham wrote, The Inquisitors regarded the purity of the parfaits, who are Catholic, Cather priests, not Catholic Cather, as something to be used against them, believing that because it was associated with heresy, it must necessarily be classified with hypocrisy. Evidence for the corruption of the Roman Church at the time is adequately provided by Pope Innocent III, who instigated the Great Crusade. Then there's the irony of a pope with the name Innocent single-handedly being directly responsible for more overt and severe human suffering than arguably any other pope in the history of the Catholic Church, as evidenced by the unhealed trauma of Mrs. Smith eight centuries later. What could Creator tell us about the irony of his chosen name and the sincerity of his belief that God was truly on his side in announcing his horrific edict? Well, this is quite interesting. Creator tells us as follows. This was, in fact, a huge irony that this presumed religious icon and leader of the church could end up serving the darkness in this way by condemning groups of people to an extreme, torturous death in the name of God for simply holding somewhat different interpretations of the Bible. So he was far from innocent and more the opposite in these doings. It is quite tragic when someone through corruption uses their belief in the divine in an unholy way to serve the cause of darkness through judgment and condemnation that is not only hurtful, 
but in some cases may lead to a fatal outcome in many terrible ways. Certainly imprisonment and execution is a tangible penalty when forced on someone judged and condemned by the church and its leadership. But there are many who suffer anguish on a lifelong basis that will trigger many prior karmic woundings and lead to many types of suffering and a shortened life. The tragedy may not end there because many who fear the afterlife, because they feel they have sinned in the eyes of the church, may try to avoid the light callers who want to escort them home to heaven and end up becoming trapped as earthbound spirits where they will be set upon and suffer tremendous misery. And that can go on even for centuries in some cases. This is not a condemnation by God, but a condemnation by humans presuming to speak for the Almighty when they lack the knowledge, wisdom, and discernment to truly understand the loving nature of the divine. The judgment and condemnation have no place in religious teachings, only instructive correction done to uplift and support and encourage, not to limit, restrict, punish, or condemn. You know, I'm really taken by what Creator says here. It is quite tragic when someone, through corruption, uses their belief in the divine in an unholy way. So, Normally, we think of evil as being, you know, atheistic, but innocent, Pope Innocent here, actually believed in the divine, actually had real genuine faith, but in an unholy way that caused severe darkness through judgment and condemnation. So, it's weaponized faith, Carl. Ooh. Well, this is, this is the distinction. The problem is not religion. Religion isn't your enemy. It's what people might do with religion, not guaranteed to do, but might do if they're misguided in some way or following corrupt teachings. So there's a danger in anything and everything if it doesn't serve the cause of love, but serves division and hate and ultimately destroys. And that is what the dark influence seeks to do always. And you can be sure if there's one thing they go after, it's the faithful. It's yes. the believers, because they want to drag them down first and foremost, because they're the true enemy of the dark. It's the enlightened, the ones who are in divine alignment. Well, you know, we, we know these are beings that live long, long lives, and boredom is a problem for them. And, you know, if you think about it, it would be a tremendous challenge to take somebody of faith who's really seeking love and then twist them around to where they're doing the exact opposite. That can't be that easy to do. So uh, that, that presents a challenge which becomes kind of, you know, entertaining in a depraved sort of way for these beings. Well, people are hampered by their life experience, even as infants and young children. And when you're mistreated, maybe just through neglect, not necessarily abuse, it can darken your perspective. And it can take you away from the divine path in your thinking and how you feel about yourself and about the meaning of existence. And that can continue and worsen all through life if no one is there to help you and rescue you and raise you up. When the church fails its congregants through not having the truth, the true divine wisdom about love and able to dispense that effectively, then, you know, we're really, we're really lost. 
Yeah. And and we're, we'll fall prey to these pitfalls. We will indeed. But one answer to those pitfalls is the Lightworker Healing Protocol, because that is what's going to bring the healing for a lot of these dilemmas. And you can learn about it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. You get the ebook for downloadable. Getwisdom.com slash LHP. Go ahead and download it during the break, and we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Creators is sharing with us about the reincarnation of a medieval couple. It's a fascinating story, a fascinating time period, uh, and a fascinating phenomenon, Carl, reincarnation and how it impacts us in today's world. And I think one of the things that's coming forth is we discuss their experience, this couple, and the meaning of the divine mission they were on to bring forth the truth of what happened to them and the reality of reincarnation, being back again and having a recollection of those eight, those times in the past, it's bringing forth some revelations about faith itself, about the divine, the true nature of the divine, and how that can be distorted, sometimes grievously. So there's a lot to this divine mission beyond just the mechanics of this kind of metaphysical phenomenon that, that we're born again, essentially, and come back multiple times. There's deep consequences, as we're also learning about suffering and where it comes from. Yeah, well, we're going to get another example of that here. And in fact, this is a particularly interesting question from my perspective, and I couldn't wait to read Creator's answer from it. And boy, I was not disappointed. So hang on to your seat, people. This is a good one. <laughs> Pope Innocent III did some good things in life as a pope. For instance, he granted Francis of Assisi permission to found his order. There's a story that on the day Pope Innocent III died, he appeared to St. Lagardus in Belgium. St. Lagardus is considered to have been one of the great mystics of the 13th century. When Pope Innocent appeared to her, 
He thanked her for prayers during his lifetime, but explained that he was in trouble. He had not gone straight to heaven, but was in purgatory, suffering its purifying fire for three specific faults he had committed during his life. He made a desperate plea for help. Alas, it is terrible and will last for centuries if you do not come to my assistance. In the name of Mary, who has obtained for me the favor of appealing to you, help me. Then he vanished. With a sense of urgency, St. Lagardus quickly told her fellow religious sisters what she had seen and prayed for his soul. Was Innocent successfully rescued? What could Creator tell us about this remarkable story? All right, and Creator says, This is remarkable in a number of respects. For the reality of the circumstances described, all being true and accurately described. Even though he was a pope, Pope Innocent III was not able to transition successfully. This was because in his heart of hearts, he was troubled because of his own transgressions. This is the danger in elevating divine teachings as the be-all and end-all and a requirement expecting people to match a state of perfection that is impossible and will lead to such conflicts and doubts and uncertainties that people may have trouble returning to heaven when they pass because they fear divine retribution and condemnation. This is a further irony that the judgmental nature of Pope Innocent III himself fueled inner fear that it would be turned on him when his time came for the ultimate divine judgment in wanting to return to heaven, and this prevented his full transition. He suffered himself the fate of many becoming earthbound spirits because of his own harsh judgmental tone and the effect it had on many following his teachings and those of the church he represented. It was also quite accurate in terms of the sequence of events and the metaphysical significance that although he prayed to Mary, what was truly needed was human forgiveness and an outreach from the human side requesting that he be raised up and saved. And hence the divine met him halfway in guiding him to St. Lugardus to make an appeal for such help as the best that could be done at that point given Pope Innocent's own level of fear and self-judgment getting in the way. The act of making the request raised his expectations and state of allowing, such that when St. Lugardus and her fellow religious sisters prayed for his soul, that loving energy fueled a further divine rescue that was successful in raising his vibration and enabling a successful transition back to heaven. This is why many still today need a human healer to intervene on their behalf and speak for them in order to get effective divine assistance for loved ones who have passed away but might not be in heaven still. It is a very common dilemma for many these days in failing to transition on their own given the many obstacles, lack of belief in the divine, lack of belief in themselves accumulated trauma that is unhealed and keeps them in a low state of vibration, perhaps dying in a state of depletion from the ravages of old age, being in a state of pain and suffering from chronic illness, or an emotional decline into intense fear and anxiety or depression, depleting them of hope. There are many reasons for failing to transition on one's own, and what is needed is help from the human side. 
when spirits cannot do that for themselves, another human can make all the difference as their advocate to receive divine grace capable of lifting them up and bringing, bridging the gap to save them. <laughs> wow, what an, what an amazing answer. You know, when you think about it, and there's just so much of the teachings of get wisdom reflected in this story. Uh, we could we could spend an entire hour talking about just this one example. I think, Carl. Yeah, there are many many implications because of the seriousness of this dilemma that so many are lost. They're out there tumbling in the dark as we speak. We're working to rescue as many as we can, but it's a process. It takes people who are trained practitioners to interface with the divine realm, you can pray for them as well. That can help. But most of the time, those who are trapped need really deep healing, more than just a nice word as an advocate for their rescue, but a more definitive, knowledgeable understanding of what is needed to get the divine to do the high level tools of healing. And that is what we're bringing forth through Get Wisdom. We've been given the insight to understand how the divine realm heals. And it's a powerful tool, but you must have that knowledge in order to invoke it. There's a lot of implications here, you know, because a lot of people might look at this story and think, wow, this is the last guy who deserves that kind of uh, break, you know, to be able to to get into heaven essentially so quickly after after the kind of life that he had lived. But we've learned that Creator is forgiving. It's not Creator that's doing all this judgmental work. You know, it, it's it's the individuals themselves, it's people involved. And there are ways back. And this is a way back for somebody even this lost. So there's hope in this. I hope people take that example, you know, to heart. Well, we all have mistakes and errors and things we would like to be forgiven. And, and so this is heartening to know that even the worst among us has a path back to the divine. Absolutely. Absolutely. You ask, Creator, the horror and suffering of the Great Inquisition of the Middle Ages is alive and well in the deep subconscious and Akashic records of countless souls alive today and waiting to be born again. Can Creator share with us how empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can be used to successfully heal this collective karma once and for all? And can Creator explain why this healing is necessary in order for humanity to survive and ultimately ascend to greater heights? All right, this is what Creator says. All that you experience in your life is a test of your divine alignment. Most people need assistance to navigate at times because of the many slings and arrows they experience from the many challenges and setbacks they will encounter in the course of a lifetime. Because people around them might be unkind and sensitive to their needs, unhelpful, or perhaps an active opponent. This takes a toll on a person. When this happens in life after life, being dragged down by the slings and arrows, as commonly occurs in each new lifetime, a similar episode will reawaken many similar tragedies, and all will begin to rumble, and the collective negativity may overwhelm a person and make them unable to surmount the difficulty on their own. What is needed is a divine intervention. How can one get that in the most effective way? We have shared with your channel many types of prayer empowerments to ensure getting the most from prayer work. There are many ways to pray, and many of the teachings are limited in their true effectiveness, and some deliberately corrupted to work against you. 
What has been needed for a long time is a fresh perspective and a tutorial on how to be effective in reaching out to the divine realm. That is now in hand and can be learned. An even better approach is to use the Lightworker Healing Protocol because it is a series of high-level informed prayer requests, in effect, that address all types of negativity that can undermine a person, stand in their way, cause harm, wound them further, and even shorten their life. Such things need deep karmic repair because they are karmic in origin, and only addressing the karmic events, setting things in motion to cause continued harm, will set things right. Only the divine can truly do this. The plan of Creator is for you to ascend as a species of divine extensions, to be our teachers and helpers throughout the universe, having started within your own galaxy as a training ground. This will require ascension to a higher state of being. That advancement can only happen if enough healing is brought to bear because your woundings are standing in your way and lowering your vibration and everyone to such a degree that ascension is impossible at the present time. You are not a match to this. You are not prepared. You are not ready. The fact that the secular movement has taken hold and drained away so many from belief in the divine is living proof of what we say. There needs to be a quorum of people who are awake and enlightened enough to appreciate the new tools and embrace them, and then go to work to implement saving and healing humanity through working first on the perpetrators as the most urgent need. If they are not healed enough to loosen their grip on you, you will not escape in time and may well be destroyed. Your soul will be intact, but you will not have an earth to come back to and your mission will be on hold, and that could be for billions of years to allow a reworking of the universe itself. There's everything to gain from doing this divine work. This is why you came into the current incarnation. You knew things would come to a head on your watch and wanted to be a part of it. If you start now and join with others doing the work, you can win. This is our fervent hope and the reason we created you. You have finally learned your true purpose. The only thing remaining is for you to act on this awareness and put your faith to work. We will be there to support you every step along the way. And the way to put that to work is Empowered Prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol. You can get our ebook on Empowered Prayer at getwisdom.com slash prayer, getwisdom.com slash prayer. And, of course, once again, the Lightworker Healing Protocol, learn it, use it, get involved with it. You can download it at getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP, and visit getwisdom.com because we have more services than we can list here in the few seconds remaining, as well as content that uh, <laughs> you would spend weeks going through. That's if you spent 24 hours a day going through it. So we got a lot of stuff going on, Carl. That's all we have for this week. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.